Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and I want to welcome you to the Game Changers podcast hosted by Michelle Dutrell. I personally cannot speak more highly of the value of mentorship, and this podcast will bring you some of the best. If you want some inspiration back with strategy of how to make your vision a reality, stay tuned and prepare to ignite. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Game Changer podcast. My name is Michelle Dutro. I am your host, and I'm thrilled to bring someone to you today that I met through a prior guest. If you remember Jody Flynn, she was episode 79 of What It Takes to Take a Leap of Faith. And if you haven't had a chance to go back and listen to that, go back and listen to that because it's a phenomenal episode and is going to tie into the conversation that we are going to have right now. And by we, I mean myself and Miss Dana Zarcone, who's I'm going to bring in here in a second, who's going to be chatting with us today. As you know, if you've been following any of the episodes or the blogs so far for October, this month really is focused on fulfillment, knowing your purpose, what your particular gifts and natural talents are that you can become more aligned with and bring those more and more into your everyday way of life. So that, like I said, you can be more fulfilled in what you're doing and find life more joyous overall. So with that, let me tell you a little bit more about Dana. She is a revolutionist in the personal development industry. She's passionate about being a driving force and helping clients who are spiritually stuck, overwhelmed, exhausted, stressed, or depressed, too depressed to reclaim their power. So somebody who's an expert in unlocking their greatest potential, which is what she does, is what I'm really excited to talk to her about. So considering she came from Jody, and I love Jody beyond measure, I knew she just had to be somebody that was cool that I wanted to introduce you to. So what did I leave out outside of the fact that you're coming to us all the way from Ohio? What should folks know about you that I didn't mention already? Uh, I think you did a great job. I am just really very passionate, like you said, about really helping women reclaim their power and really stand aligned with their divine self and connected to their higher self and to spirit and just really taking risks with courage and confidence, knowing that they are just meant to live amazing lives. Okay. So we're going to unwrap every last bit of that in the next half hour that we have together. So Dana is also, you should know, has her master's in psychotherapy. She's a certified counselor and life coach. So all of what she is saying comes from a long practice of working with clients in dealing with their limiting beliefs and really allowing them to step into their full potential. So let's back this up. What do you think happens from the background that you have and the folks that you have talked to with women when they lose their self-confidence or start to doubt who they are or become or morph into someone that is, you know, the best wife or the best daughter or the best student, whatever it may be, and along the way, somewhere they lose themselves. So if, if we were to be talking to somewhere between that junior high, high school age girl who is starting to lose who she is. Let's talk to that girl and where that goes astray that then plays out obviously uh, as young girls become women. Yeah, that's a good question. And I would even argue that girls that are in their middle school, high school ages don't even know who they are to start with. We lose that so early on in life. And I truly believe that we are born so deeply connected to our souls and our spiritual self. And as we 
get into this world and we have all these life experiences little by little that true essence that we're originally connected with gets gets stripped away. We learn that in order to be on this physical plane and on earth that we have to act, be, behave a certain way in order to feel loved, in order to be respected, in order to get what we need. We're constantly organizing our lives around trying to find and experience true love. And so as we're going through that process, we are checking out the world. We're looking at who looks like they're really happy and maybe I should be like them, who looks like they're really loved and maybe I should be like them. And we put this mask self on. We adopt this this idealized self-image of who we should be in order to be loved and accepted. That, that mask is a defense. It's meant to protect us so we don't get hurt, right? Because we're told we need to act or behave a certain way. Um, so we put this mask self on and we identify ourselves that way. And we lose ourselves so very early on because of that, because we're really organizing around meeting everybody else's image and expectations of how we're supposed to be, that we've lost ourselves very early on, which is really a shame. It it is. And I I do want to spend some time on this before we get into women as, you know, in their 20s, 30s, and 40s and beyond on this particular age group. My daughter, who has now since graduated from college, when she was in college, we were talking about, you know, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, and that it's a standard practice. This ties into you saying what women do for love or for approval, especially when it comes to their peers. So, and this was mind boggling to me, quite frankly, but maybe from your background, you're going to say, oh no, this is what I see all the time, is when one of these gals would post a, like, a picture on Twitter, Instagram, or whatever it is, within the first, say, five minutes, if they didn't get 100 likes, they automatically take it away. Because then it would be perceived that, oh, that was either a bad picture or people were busy or whatever it is. But the last thing they wanted would be to have some Facebook post without having 100 likes right next to it, that it would be an embarrassment. And Mm. this was a very long conversation. I mean, it really was mind boggling to me that that is actually a thing. And it's actually a thing. So how how do we deal with women or how do we work with women that are that age and get them past this, this need for acceptance, approval, and love in the most unhealthy way possible? It really starts, you know, as they say, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. It really starts at home. I mean, there's, you have to have a healthy dynamic with your children. And you first and foremost, you need to role model that yourself. So I catch myself, sometimes I'll look in the mirror and say, oh my gosh, does this look okay? I kind of feel this makes me look a little fat or whatever. And it's like, I watch that language because, you know, it's easy to go there first and foremost, but my daughter will see that. And she thinks, hmm, my mom's concerned about looking fat. Maybe I should be concerned about looking fat. I mean, that's something just so simple, but it's really about laying down that strong foundation and constantly praising them for how amazing they are and constantly praising them when they step out and make a decision that is maybe contrary to the popular decision and when they stand in who they are as people and to reinforce that versus I know it's so easy as a parent to be saying, oh my gosh, you didn't do your chores again or you didn't do it right or you need to go do this and you need to go do that. And we forget that that is all this negativity that just you know, chips away at them over time. And it's really tough. So it's really important to start that stuff at home so that when they do get into this real world, those things don't impact them so much. I know my daughter, she was on Instagram and, um, 
she or actually even in musically and boy she was looking for all those likes and she was um, she even found a strategy to get friends that she didn't even know and all of this stuff and when she put something out there and it wasn't well received or worse somebody made a negative comment it really impacted her in a very big way and she struggled with her self-esteem because she's looking for it out there right. instead of realizing it's right here it's with you like they say, you can't. Uh, nobody can hurt your feelings without you giving them permission. That's right, and that's such a difficult lesson to learn. And I love your point about in the home. If if everything in the home is chaotic and negative and reprimanding, and you're never good enough or you're not doing enough, and the only way you get approval is online then that likely is going to be where you're going to go seek it. Where are you going to get approval? Where are you going to get likes? Which then people start interpreting as love from, by the way, people on social media that you don't really even know or mm. you, that you don't know at all. And I love this conversation, especially as it relates to young women, because how they determine their self-worth and their self-value, the more that comes from an external source versus what they're getting internally, I think is what plays out into the 20s and 30s and, and where women just wind mm -hmm. up being lost and not even knowing their identity, right? It absolutely does. And you know, let's not overlook also the importance of the relationship that a child has with their opposite sex parent. The Oedipal complex is, uh, is real. Uh, it's something that, you know, when we're you know, young, you know, five, six, three, four, five, we start to feel this kind of sexual energy, like our root chakra starts to really wake up. And we don't realize we're doing it, but we're flirtatious. And we're, we kind of start flirting with the opposite sex parent. And if the opposite sex parent feels threatened by that consciously or unconsciously and shuts that down, I'm going to now feel shame about my sexuality. And then that creates a snowball a domino effect into your life for sure as you grow and mature. And then the other thing is if I feel rejected or I don't feel close to my opposite sex parent where it's truly the connection that we're always looking for is to feel unconditional love from that parent, then I am going to now act out in a very uh, self-destructive way to get that love. And I will wind up attaching to unhealthy relationships in order to, even if it's, uh, even if it's just for a while, just to feel that love that I've been looking for all along. So the opposite sex parent relationship is extremely crucial in developing self-esteem and confidence. And this goes back to speaking to, you know, we're all going to seek what we're looking for, whether we do that in a healthy way or unhealthy way, but we're going to find it. Mm -hmm. And I and I agree completely on this opposite sex parent uh, thing. On that is ultimately how you're going to relate to people of the opposite sex throughout your life, and same sex parent being the way you relate to yourself. So I also love your example of if a daughter sees the mom looking in the mirror saying, "Oh my gosh, does this make me look fat?" That's how she starts to relate to herself. The same way she's modeling or mirroring her mother, even in the most minute moments when you don't even realize your modeling behavior. You are. Oh, your modeling behavior every minute you're with them. You know, you may, let's just even say you're driving down the road and you catch yourself, you know, yelling at a driver under your breath or calling that person in front of you an idiot. That's all modeling. They're learning all that. They watch right. and they absorb way more than you ever realize that they're absorbing and taking in. Right. So let's fast forward. So let's, when we're talking about raising children and in the home and getting the right positive reinforcement when it's due and 
not doling out just nothing but negativity and yelling and screaming so that they go for that approval and that love externally in a very unhealthy way. So let's fast forward a little bit here and talk about 20s and 30s. You're looking for that life partner. Typically now this is the age where you're looking to get married, have children, start your own family. In that age group, if you aren't grounded in who you are and things going wrong, this is where, when I said October is about fulfillment and understanding your worth and really finding meaning in your life. If you haven't figured that out for you, I would imagine there's plenty of people that you work with that now wind up married to someone they shouldn't be married to. And now they have a family and now they have a job that maybe they don't love. And here's this whole, whole snowball that by the time they're 40, stepping back saying, who am I? And, and what mm. is this whole life that I've created that isn't even me? So right. now what? You completely just hit the nail on the head about my demographic of the people that I help because it is exactly that. It's people who have kind of followed the yellow brick road and the breadcrumbs of life, if you will, and ended up at a place where they say, oh my God, like, first of all, how did I get here? And I feel in my heart of hearts, something is missing. I don't feel fulfilled in my life. Maybe I can't necessarily put my thumb on it. And they're asking the question, is this as good as it gets? Oh no, you know? And it's these people that uh, I help because I was there myself. <laughs> and it's, you know, we get so, going back to even, let's talk about the mask that we bring in, into the world. And we start to uh, identify ourselves as the personality, the idealized self-image that we've created through that mask to be loved and accepted. And so we go through the life and we're really, in essence, trying to please other people. We create, we get that degree, we get that great job, we do whatever we're quote unquote supposed to do. And then all of a sudden we end up asking those questions, like how on earth did I get here? And it's really about sitting back and attuning to yourself. And you have to really know yourself really well. I always talk about kind of like the four selves. There's like, you have to have self-acceptance, self-awareness, self-compassion, and self-responsibility. And all those work together to formulate kind of where, how are you going to approach your life? How are you going to heal what you need to heal so that you can be integrated with your true self and you can live that life with passion and purpose? So I love that you made the comment because I was there to quote you. So take us into your story because right, that's the best way for people to, I think, feel connected and say, oh my gosh, she really does get what I'm going through. So <laughs> what was that for you? What was going on with you where you had that moment of saying, what in the world am I doing? <laughs> I walked right into that one, didn't yeah, I? Well, you threw it out there. I wouldn't have asked otherwise. I did. So yes. I did. <laughs> no, I am I'm happy to share that. You know, I I did. I followed the Yellow Brick Road. Um, and I was very strongly encouraged to go into the corporate world. And I worked for DuPont for 24 years. Uh, I was on their senior leadership development program, and so I was climbing the corporate ladder and all the way up to senior leadership, making great money, moving all over the place. It was love the work. Uh, but even though I was developing and creating a very successful career, I didn't feel like it on the inside. 
it was like I knew something was missing. I knew something needed to change. And so I went back uh, while I was still at DuPont. I got my master's in psychotherapy, and I had gone to a four-year institute in New York City called the Institute of Core Energetics. Core Energetics is a mind-body-spirit type of psychotherapy. So instead of just traditional talk therapy, we use movement, breathwork, sound, and work with energy to help people transform. Um, Love, love the work. I double-dipped for a very long time. And then eventually we got transferred to Ohio, where I am now. And because that's not DuPont's headquarters, I made the decision to leave DuPont and join another company. And when I did, I learned very quickly that not all companies were alike. Uh, It was a company that was extremely dysfunctional. I called it like a high school environment. It was very bullying, very condescending, very reprimanding. It was just very tacky and petty. And I did not like it at all. And it was very dysfunctional. And looking back, I should have done some different things. I should have probably left a lot earlier than I did because it, I let it chisel away at me. I really just got so depressed working there. I was so miserable and I felt trapped and I really could not stand it. I remember driving to work and my heart would sink. And then I just, I mean, I would do my work. I would absolutely be excited to leave for lunch because I couldn't stand being there. And then I'd come back and do my work and I'd leave as soon as I possibly could at the end of the day. It was just miserable. And I had, kind of gone into this uh, sense of this depression. I became depressed. I was like, who the heck am I? What am I doing here? And um, I really had lost my self-esteem through the environment that I was working in. And it was interesting to know that I was vulnerable to that because I had not looked at myself that way before. I'd seen myself as a very strong, capable woman and who was very successful, very, um, very capable in DuPont. And then when I joined this other company, like the wheel, the rug got pulled up from underneath me and I really didn't know who I was. So how long and were you there at that other company I before was there you for left? Three and a half, almost four years. Four years. How long were you there before you realized this is absolutely not a fit? How long did that take for you to say, what in the heck? This place is crazy. Well, what's so sad is it didn't take me long. Right. I, I assumed it, you were going to say that. Yeah. It didn't take me long, but I stayed. Why? I, you know, I uh, really wasn't sure what I wanted to do, okay. and I has, was making really good money. So here's a story of, uh, you know, if, do, if you don't do what you're loving, right. it doesn't matter how much money you're making, That's it's, right. you're, it's not going to make you happy. And I really did. I followed the paycheck instead of my passion. And when you're not living in alignment with your passion and your true sense of self and why you were put here on this earth, right. when you're misaligned, it's going to eat away at you. And that's exactly what happened to me. It just ate away at me. I'm like, what? why? I can't believe I'm here. What am I doing? But I was collecting a great paycheck. Right. And I got to the point where I seriously couldn't take it anymore to the point where I hit my rock bottom. I wound up one morning at about 2.30 in the morning, I went up on the bathroom floor listening to Whitney Houston's I Look to You over and over and over again, bawling my eyes out. And I was saying, you know what? I can't do this anymore, Lord. Like, I am not the type to commit suicide. I would never do that. But I'm here to tell you that whenever you decide to bring me home, I am ready, ready and I will go. not fight you on this. Yeah. I will go willingly. <laughs> and isn't it amazing that right now we're talking about a job, 
a job. It's a job. And I, I can assure you, there are a lot of people listening right now who are saying, holy cow, she gets it because I talk to people about this job is going to be the death of me, or this job is sucking the mm -hmm. life out of me. And fam members saying, you make great money. Stop complaining. You don't know your father. Oh, yeah. Right. And, and until so you hear another person say, Oh no, no, no. You've got to understand when you are not living in alignment with your soul's purpose, with why you're here, it is, it is that frog in the slow boiling water. Little by little life becomes simply not worth living. Yeah. Over a job, or we could replace that and say over a bad marriage, right? Over mm -hmm. some aspect where to your point, you know, you shouldn't be there and you stay anyway. That's a soul right? death. That's a soul death. That's that is a soul death, and that's exactly what I experienced because I've always prided myself. I've always been this carpe diem person, like go out and embrace life and broaden your horizons and all this kind of stuff. And that environment, it being so toxic and dysfunctional, is certainly the catalyst to my process. But it really does boil down to – I could blame it on them. It's really not their fault. It really – boils down to me not honoring who I am and what I really have been put on this earth to do and what really gets me going. Right. What excites me every day? What do I want to really do? And driving to work and working behind a desk and it, it just was not me at all. And the longer I disowned who I really was yeah. and what I really stood for, the louder it got. And it got so loud, it collapsed me on a bathroom floor. So was that your tipping point? Was it just a physical, mental, spiritual, emotional breakdown of not one more day? Was that, was that the moment or was there something else? That was pretty much the turning point for me. It, you know, it didn't happen right away, but that was the turning point. It was, there was this observer self. I would say we kind of have this higher self Right. And my higher self was looking down going, oh, my gosh, young lady, you poor thing. And I know you're broken. I know you're in so much pain, but you don't have to be here. You don't have to live like this. I've got great plans for you. I've got great plans for you and you are going to rock it. <laughs> you just need to get yourself up off the floor and you need to breathe and you need to realize that you are not this broken person who's on the floor, that you are so much wiser and so much stronger than this right. and you can do it. And when I heard that voice in my head, it was like, okay, you know, and, and I guess the thing for me too was because I was not that type of person, right? Oh my gosh, I, people like me don't, collapse on the bathroom floor right. and have an emotional breakdown. Uh, when I was really able to observe myself and then meet myself, my inner child there that was struggling with so much self-compassion, then I was able to change things because I wasn't ashamed. I wasn't playing the victim. I had the compassion for myself, which empowered me to stand up and realize, whoa, I need to make a change. Now, the sad thing about it, Michelle, though, is that I was miserable for a long time. I didn't have to get to that point. We don't have to hit rock bottom right. in order to empower ourselves to make a huge shift in our life. So someone's listening right now and they're on the brink of that. Maybe they're driving to work and they have that block of cement in their stomach thinking this is, here's another day and this is the last thing I want to do. The show comes out on a Monday. So very easily somebody's driving to work on a Monday morning with every single thought in their mind, exactly as you're recalling them right now. So let's talk about this, what happened in that transition point between that morning on the bathroom floor, which sounds a lot like the scene from Eat, Pray, Love, quite frankly, but mm. from that moment to where you are now in life. So how 
you know, great, how horrible, how whatever was that transition of corporate life into what you're doing now? Talk about that period. You know, it was, I knew that I wanted to help people. So when I went and got my master's in psychotherapy and I was, it it was beautiful. Like I said, I loved working for DuPont. DuPont paid for it. So that was awesome. And I um, specialized in domestic abuse. And so as part of my internship and the work I did for following years after that, I worked with women individually and I also worked with women as a group. And I looked back then when I was in this place on the bathroom floor and afterwards trying to look back and saying, what excites me? I knew when I was with those women and I was leading those women's groups, there was something about that where I was standing in my power. I was channeling spirit and I was there and I was supporting them in a way that they had never been supported before. And I helped so many of them make a shift through my own passion and my own mirroring of what it means to stand in your power and be a leader in your own life. That when I was able to resonate with that feeling I had back then, I was like, God, I just got to get back to that. I have to get back to that. And so uh, it was fortunate that the company that I was with had decided to lay people off. And I said, hey, (laughs) look over here. Would you include me? And um, they said, hey, do you ever get rid of my salary too? That was great. It was a win-win. So I left. And I'll tell you, at first, I thought I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. I thought I'm an older mother and I've got young kids and I thought I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. But now I've had like 26 years in the court, in the career world. I'm done, been there, done that. I'm going to, you know, be this mom. And I love my daughters dearly, but I'll tell you, I learned real quickly. A stay-at-home mom is not in my DNA. <laughs> Bless everyone who is. I just bow to them because you have just a lot more patience and fortitude than I did to be a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> I just realized there was more to me, more that I needed to be doing than to be a stay-at-home mom. Uh, um, I felt I'd be doing myself a disservice, right? So I eventually... Um, started, I'm going to head down this path again. I'm going to empower women and become a entrepreneur. And I will tell you that did not come without its challenges because I thought I am such a high achiever, high flyer in the corporate world that being an entrepreneur and running my own business without anybody getting in my way. Oh, look out here. I come. And I'll tell you, it's And then that reality sets in. (laughs) No, it doesn't translate. It was horrible. It is, yes. It's work. It's work. Oh, yeah. I was seriously on top of that corporate ladder, and I jumped off, and I landed in quicksand wearing a straight jacket. Yes, (laughs) yes. This is where I do believe when you talk about what will test someone's character, become an entrepreneur. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it's Jack of all trades, 24 hours a day. I I love when I hear people say, I'm going to quit my day job and start my own business so I can work less. And I think, oh my gosh, are you now? Okay. Let's check back in six months and let me know how that's going for you. But again, it's the difference of if it's on purpose and what you love, it's not stressful work. It is your passion. It's what you love compared to every entrepreneur I know that's doing what they love to do would rather do that 18 hours a day than eight Mm -hmm. hours a day of a job they hate. Hear, hear. Right. And so this is what I love. I want to, before we start to wrap up, because I I could, and Jody was spot on with uh, wanting to connect us because this story is perfect. It speaks to, I know so many people. I love your point that it didn't have to get to that point, but for most people it does. Look at alcohol, right? Sometimes until people hit rock bottom, lose their family, lose their home, they're in the gutter. Do they say, I've now lost everything. I've got to make a change. 
it doesn't have to get to that point. But unfortunately for a lot of folks, it does. Mm. I'm hoping we're reaching those people that before it gets to losing everything or having that emotional, mental, physical, spiritual breakdown, that they can say, okay, I'm really unhappy right now. There's got to be more to life. What do I love doing? What is my passion? How can I reconnect to that? Because I agree, it's not, you've got to go find it. It's always been there. You just have to Mm -hmm. peel back the layers of that onion and reconnect with your true nature, with actually who you are and the reason that you're here. And every single one of us has that. So if we're speaking to that person and I do believe that you wound up in a horrible company for good reason. Obviously, they were going through layoffs for good reason. I do believe that when we're not willing to make the choice for ourselves we should make, the universe will step up and help us make that for us. (laughs) Boy, will it. It sure will, because truly, life is. It's what happens for you, not to you, which is your story, very similar to Jody's, is what a blessing that was, quite frankly, even when in the Mm -hmm. moment we don't realize it. Absolutely. So let's talk best advice now. We're talking to this person who's driving to work. They're listening to this. It would really be great if they could not fall into a deep depression or lose everything or fill in the blank. Like we said, it doesn't have to get to that point. Mm -hmm. So if you're talking to that woman right now, before it goes any worse, what is the best piece of advice you would give her? Uh, As first and foremost, listen to yourself. There's a little voice inside of you that's saying, this isn't right. This isn't right. And don't ignore it. Embrace it. We hear that voice. I heard it for years and I kept shoving it aside, just thinking I might, you know, I'm going to head down, keep my head down and I'm going to make this work. Listen, because you're going to get these messages and you will know, and you do know in your heart, it's not right. Something, if you need, if something needs to change in your life, you're going to get that message. You need to listen to it. And then the other thing I think is that stay connected to your divine self and to the power that you know that you have, even if you don't embrace it fully right now, because it's there. It's fully able to resurrect itself and be connected to you and you can own it wholeheartedly so you can make those changes. You're going to feel fear and it's going to scare the hell out of you, but you need to just go for it. And if you do things that are in alignment with your divine self and your passion, and your purpose and in align with spirit, it's going to work out. You don't need to know how. You just need to have a faith that it's going to work and then let the universe sort out the how. That's, it's going to, it'll sort itself out. You just need to make that right step and then trust the universe that it's going to be, it's going to work out. Excellent. So I know by the time this airs, your podcast will already have gone live. So a couple of things I want you to give people listening. One, the name of your podcast, your website and what you do and the offerings that you have if somebody wants to connect directly with you. What is all of that? Awesome. Uh, My podcast I'm very excited about. It is called Your Shift Matters. And is is an intentional play on words about you need to deal with your stuff in order to make a shift uh, because there is no happy pill, easy button, quick fix that's going to get you to where you need to be. You need to just hunker down and deal with it and get through it. And it's great stories about all kinds of women who have done just that. So it's really, really exciting. And I can't wait for this to get launched. And then for people, I have a really cool thing. My brand is Source Your Joy, Source Your Joy. And if you go to uh, danazarcone.com, you'll get on that site. And I have a really cool freebie. It's nine free, nine strategies of how to live a joyful life. And what I love about this, and the great feedback I'm getting on that is that it is, it's 
not fluff. I'm not telling you to go dance in the rain and spin around and let your skirt fly in a circle, those kinds of things. These are real, uh, real proven strategies to help you live a joyful life so you can start making that shift in your life and start living a life that you were meant to live. Excellent. And honestly, congratulations on the launch of the podcast from somebody who knows it's been a year now, what that feels like and the amount of work and effort it takes. Truly, I am bowing to you. Congratulations on that. It's a, it's a big deal. It's, it's when I said, somebody says, oh, I'm going to quit my job so I don't have to work as much. And I think, yeah, sure, sure. Good luck being an entrepreneur. I say the oh, same wait. thing about podcasting when people say, oh, you have a podcast. I think I'm going to start one. And I think, yeah, is that right? Let me, let me know when that happens yeah. and I'll subscribe. Let's just say me at midnight. I've gotten to be very close friends. That's right. Yes. Well, I wish I could say that's going to go away anytime soon, but you've already got the entrepreneurial perseverance uh, blood in you. So it will go famously. So I am thrilled to help promote this and uh, listen to it and subscribe as well. So kudos to you. Thank you. Absolutely. So back to wrapping this up, I ask everybody the same closing questions. So Dana, out of everything you have been through in your walk of life, what is one thing you absolutely believe to be true? that you have to heal your wounds in order to live your dream. There's no way around it. You can't go under it, around it, over it. You have to go through it, push through, get let all the skeletons out of the closet, address the emotional baggage that's on your shoulders, and you have to really deal, you have to heal in order to live your dream. And don't you find that when you do that with true, genuine, from the depth of your soul, acceptance of every aspect of who you are in the whole of your life, it's not nearly as bad and as much work as keeping Pandora's box locked. I absolutely do. And you know, there's something about even, you know, when you do share your story, like I share my story about being you know, rock bottom on a bathroom floor before I was able to even share that, I was ashamed. Oh my gosh. Cause again, cause it doesn't happen to people quote like right. me, right. but it had so much power over me. That shame came from that story having this power over me. And once I let it out, it's just a story. It didn't define who I am as a person. It was an experience. Right. And, gave and me an isn't it ironic that what you thought that was going to repel people actually draws people towards you? Mm, exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, we, again, this goes back to the mask, right? Like needing to be perfect and needing to be all, you know, really nice and really kind and all perfect in order for people like us. The reality is that's not true. People want to know that you are just like them and we all should just expose our underbellies and realize we're all just human. We have pain and suffering. We all do. And we need to just work through it and own it. And so we can get past it and heal from that. Exactly. Fantastic. Well, I, can't wait to get your website and all of your information on show notes. So it will all be there. So my dear, in closing, final question, what will your legacy be? You know, my legacy is going to be standing in my own power and helping women do the same. So they go back and say, oh my God, my life is completely different because I asked Dana to join on this journey with me to be my guide and they are now rocking it. And I mirror this for my kids too. It's like, you know, you don't, you can be a fish. You don't need to swim the same place everybody else does. You know, find your own current, find your own way and stand in that and just let the ride begin. It's just, you know, life is a journey, not a destination. And, you know, don't take yourself so seriously. Love yourself for all that you are, you know, all everything. Love yourself unconditionally and then just go out and rock it. 
Well, Ms. Dana, well said. It's a perfect note to end this show on. So your energy, your passion, your conviction, your story, your belief, I appreciate it immensely that you are open enough and honest enough to share all of that with the audience and for all of your words of wisdom. Honestly, thank you so much for your time. It has mm. been an absolute pleasure. My pleasure for sure, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening in on this episode of the Game Changers podcast. The next step is to hit the subscribe button to make sure you never miss an episode or any of our incredible guests. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time.